Welcome to the Homeschool with Moxie podcast, where our goal is to inspire and encourage you with actionable strategies to take you from overwhelmed to confident in your homeschool adventure. I'm your host, Abby Banks, and this is episode 217. This episode is brought to you by Institute for Excellence in Writing, better known as IEW. We have been using their Fix-It Grammar now for a few years, and it's our go-to recommendation for most of your kids for their grammar instruction and review. But IEW has a lot of different programs in the language arts realm, including writing, including um, public speaking, which is their newest one. And you can try out most of their programs for free if you go to IEW.com forward slash for one more. You can check out our favorite resources over there and even try them for free. That's IEW.com forward slash for one more. Hello and welcome to episode 217. You can find the show notes at for one more.com forward slash 217. Today, we're talking about what we're using for fifth grade this year. So if you're wanting some inspiration, maybe your kids aren't quite to fifth grade and you're wondering what might a fifth grade curriculum roundup look like, then that's what we're sharing today. So this is our fifth and final time homeschooling fifth grade, and you better believe a lot of things have changed. So there are a few takeaways before I dive into the specific resources we're using. I want to give you some key points and key takeaways. I mean, the first one obviously is things can change. Don't be so stuck on a certain curriculum that you say I'm never going to change because in the last 10 years, there have been new resources, new products, new curriculum, things I didn't know about 10 years ago. And you know, some things have changed. In fact, I think almost everything has except what we're using for math. So we'll talk about that in a minute. But isn't that funny how, you know, in a 10 year span between my oldest doing fifth grade and my youngest doing fifth grade, pretty much nothing looks the same. So hold everything loosely and be willing to change if you need to. But I also want you to know through this podcast and my sharing what we've decided on, obviously, not everything that I'm going to use might be great for your fifth grader. So, you know, take this all just as a little bit of a suggestion, inspiration. It doesn't mean this is the best ever for every kid, right? But I want you to know that you can have an eclectic homeschool mix. Uh, it's curriculum buying season, and I've seen a lot of moms sharing, you know, what they're buying for their kindergartner, and it's going to cost them like six or seven hundred dollars. And if that's kind of what's making you nervous, like how am I going to homeschool kid a bunch of kids in different grades? I don't have that kind of budget. I want you to realize that by doing an eclectic homeschool mix it doesn't actually have to cost that much. It really can be done with staying on a very tight budget. And that's what my fifth grade year has been very minimal with expenses. And I'll share a little bit of that with you as well. So you can stay on a, on a tight budget. You can have a really great eclectic mix. You don't have to buy everything from one big publisher that's well-known in the homeschool world and just get their fifth grade box of everything. You don't have to do that. You can pick and choose from a company here, a company there, and that's what we like to do pretty much with every grade level. And the other thing that I wanted to just mention is your fifth grader can be done with formal schoolwork in just a few hours each day. This does not take 
from eight to three by any means. And it's just uh, open and go. These are very easy to use resources. I don't need a big fat teacher planner book. I don't need to know what she's doing on day 100 of homeschool and have it all written out before we even start. I don't need to spend weeks in my summer you know, planning out the homeschool year, we just say, this is what we're using. And we put a little sticky bookmark in and every day that we finish, we move on to the very next lesson. So let's talk about homeschooling fifth graders in general. They are at a really fun age. And this is my opinion. (laughs) There are some really rich opportunities for them because they're more independent at this point than they were just a few years ago. They're capable of more critical thinking and discussion. And I think homeschooling fifth graders can be a lot of fun, but you still want to find curriculum that's not going to suck the life out of them. You want it to still be enjoyable, provide a solid foundation for their future. They're only a few years away from high school, which is just crazy. So you do want to find something that's a good fit for you as the parent, what's your homeschool style and for your student because everyone is different. And these are some of the reasons why we're not using the same curriculum we used 10 years ago because this is a different kid homeschooling fifth grade. And so the other thing about fifth grade is you want to find a really good balance between structure and accountability, but then also flexibility in the curriculum because the expectations you set, the tone of your homeschooling, you know, what, what kind of work ethic do you expect of your kids? This is going to continue through the next few years and into high school. And so these are some of the things to keep in mind. The other thing that's different for us this time around is last time I homeschooled a fifth grader, every time I was doing multiple elementary kids together on things like science and history and Bible, and even we did some foreign language in elementary school. And so everything except math and language arts were together as a group. This time around, The brothers are mostly graduated. I'm going to have one high schooler and then this fifth grader. So we're doing fifth grade solo. She's not really doing anything together with a sibling. So this is a really different kind of style of homeschooling than I've ever done, you know, before. And so that's just kind of another way things have changed for us over the course of the years. So let me just do a really kind of 30,000 foot overview of what we're using for fifth grade. If you want to see more details about each of these, you can find them in the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 217. Okay. The one constant through our elementary years has been BJU Press. We love their math. Math, Their math is solid. It's easy to use. In the elementary years, we don't even buy the teacher's manual because the teacher's manual is made for a classroom. It's made for teaching a whole bunch of kids. I don't need it. Um, I can clearly, if I need to get a calculator out to check math problems, I can clearly do that. Or I just look over her page and make sure she got it right. So easy to use. We don't do tests. We don't worry about any of that. We just buy the student work text. She writes in it and it's a consumable and that's all we do. So it's very inexpensive. And even this year, I think they have a new edition of their math five, um, you know, student work text, but I didn't bother buying the more expensive new edition. I found the old edition on eBay. It's brand new, but it's the old edition. So most people don't want it. They want the new one. But for me, it didn't matter. We were just going to use math five. I don't need the teacher book. I don't need anything else. And I've already used this edition too. And there's, you know, in my opinion, it's just perfect. So 
That's what we use for math. That's it. And we just do the very next lesson each day. The instruction and the teaching are explained really clearly on the top of each page. And then my student does the whole front of the page. And then if she needs more practice, she can do the back too. But it's super easy to use and really inexpensive. So math is simple for us. That's all we do. And we do that all the way through elementary. Even, I don't know, I'm going to have to figure out if she's going to keep doing that through seventh and eighth grade. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. But that's what we use for math. Now, language arts is always this big category, right? Language arts includes reading, writing, spelling, grammar, you know, your more formal literature too. Um, so language arts, instead of buying one big you know, English five book from a publisher, I found that they don't cover things very well. And some of those publishers will still make you buy a separate spelling book, separate, you know, reading book and all that. So I like to pick and choose an eclectic mix of materials to cover language arts. Our go-to spelling for many years now has been all about spelling and we will continue to see that through. So we are working on the next level of that. With grammar, we've settled on Fix-It Grammar from IEW, which I already mentioned. We'll be using level two. We get the teacher's manual and the student book and it only takes a few minutes each day to do a lesson. It's so easy to use and my kids are actually retaining what they learn, which is different from the other grammar stuff we've, we've used in the past. My older kids said, mom, I don't remember any of this. I'm not remembering it. But as soon as we switched to fix it grammar, one of those teens said, okay, this is finally clicking. And I actually remember. So that was a win. And remember you can download free lessons from IEW at, uh, IEW.com forward slash for one more. Uh, the other thing that we do is reading comprehension. I had these read and comprehend skill sheets from Abeka in my homeschool library. I think I got them, you know, from some other homeschool family, even like a decade ago. My older kids use them, but I never let them write on the sheets. And this is one way you can homeschool on a budget is by not consuming the consumable workbook. So we just use a separate paper instead. And all for my older kids, I'm pretty sure have used this reading comprehension book. And now my fifth and finer homeschooler gets to write in it and use up the book. So I think reading comprehension is a great skill to work on, you know, every week we do it on like on a Friday and it's a great thing to kind of get her used to, um, you know, even getting ready for standardized testing, getting ready to understand how to work through a reading comprehension passage. When my older kids were young, we did a lot of read alouds together and I feel a little bad that my youngest, I feel like I've kind of dropped the ball on read alouds and I know I shouldn't, but it's easier when you've got like a whole bunch of kids you're reading to. When I just have one, I somehow feel like I give it up and I really do need to do this again. But to help give her a little more structure and accountability in reading through some classics, I did pick up two literature guides this year from Progeny Press. So she's going to read The Magician's Nephew and The Hiding Place, and we're going to use um, the Progeny Press uh, literature guides or study guides to help walk us through those books. Now I've mentioned spelling, grammar, and literature and reading. But you've noticed that I haven't mentioned writing, and I'm not too worried about including a formal writing curriculum in the plan this year, because we do a lot of narration at this age, especially related to the literature we read or the Bible, science, and history. And I feel like setting that foundation is more important than rushing to write book reports and essays in the elementary years. And I did do a writing curriculum 
I think by fifth grade with my older kids. And I don't know that it was actually that helpful. I think I should have continued with the narration instead. And so that's what we're going to do. We're not going to do a formal writing curriculum. I think next year we will, and it'll probably be from IEW. All right. So that's our language arts and math. Now for our science and history this year, we're using generations homeschool and I have never used this before, and we used to, like I said, teach multiple kids together. We've done Mystery of History in the past, Story of the World, we love Apologia, but this year we're branching off, not because those other resources are are no good, I still love them and we still may come back to them at some point, but we had a chance to try out the Generations Homeschool curriculum, and so we're going to try it. And because I have one student, we're going to do some student workbooks with these instead of just doing it as a group and doing notebooking. We're actually going to use their student notebooks and see what we think about them. So we're doing Taking Africa for Jesus, which is, I think, going to be kind of cool because my fifth grader was adopted from Ethiopia. So this is studying Africa and the missionaries and different aspects of you know the history of the continent. I think it's going to be really good for her. And then we're going to do God Made Animals, which is a science and worldview course you know, kind of from a fifth to seventh grade range. So you can check out our specific um, reviews of the Generations Homeschool curriculum as well, and you can find those links to those in the show notes. As far as Bible goes, I was going to use Sally Michaels more than a story. uh, Her New Testament, we used the Old Testament last year. Um, It's a higher and deeper level of a Bible reader than most kid Bibles that are pretty shallow and, you know, elementary kids are kind of bored of the children's Bibles. This one is definitely higher level. It's definitely filled with doctrine, uh, application, questions that require higher level thinking. Um, I really do love these books, but my daughter actually wants to do one of our inductive Bible studies. She's done the little fishes in K through four, but she wants to move on to the older kids one. And see, this is why I made them because I said, look, We expect our kids to do deep level academics in everything. And then somehow for Bible, we just relegate them to little facts and like, can you just tell the Bible stories over again? And it becomes so silly for the kids that have been in church their whole lives, who have heard the Bible stories since they were born. That's what I found with my kids. They're ready for a deeper, challenging, you know, look into whole books of the Bible. And so She's kind of saying, hey, mom, I actually want to do the uh, James self-study workbook. So I kind of think we might have to just do that. And maybe we will read through the uh, More Than a Story by Sally Michael. Maybe we'll read through that this summer instead just to finish that up. But um, I challenge you, if you guys want to do some deep dives in your Bible, um, download our samples at 41more.com forward slash samples and see what you think. We do have digital studies, which of course is a great savings if you're copying them for multiple kids in your home. But if you would love a beautiful printed book sent straight from Amazon, you can get them on Amazon as well. Okay. So electives for fifth grade, we're just doing a few things. We're doing piano lessons with yours truly. We do physical education. She does a lot outside with her friends in the neighborhood. Um, we do occasional art 
from Masterpiece Society. We like some of their art lessons. And then I have her doing some building thinking skills and mind benders, which is from the critical thinking company. So some of those are just great to do every once in a while to just work on some of those thinking skills. But those are the basics. That's everything. That's everything we're using. And like I said, we're going to be done in just a few short hours every day. The main point here of this episode and the main takeaway is I want you to know that you can customize any curriculum you're using, no matter what grade your child is in, because you do want your child's homeschool situation and homeschool experience to be customized to their strengths. And you want to tailor the homeschool learning around how your kids learn best. Now, you might be saying like, how do I exactly customize curriculum? The point is to remember that curriculum is just a guide. You are in charge. That means you don't have to do everything a curriculum recommends, and you don't even have to finish a curriculum. So how could you customize some resources that you have? Well, you could let your child orally answer questions or use narration instead of completing lots of workbook pages or printables if things are getting, you know, just to be too much. You could ditch the workbooks and use notebooking instead, which is a much more active way of interacting with the information. You can learn about your child's strengths and tailor the homeschool around them. You can use audiobooks and resources if your child is an auditory learner or has dyslexia. And you can integrate a lot of hands-on learning for your kinesthetic and your younger learners. So don't feel like you're ever stuck in a box if you choose a curriculum and it's not exactly perfect for how your child learns. You can always customize it and tailor it. And so there are lots more kind of FAQs in the show notes about homeschooling, fifth grade, do you need to keep grades? How long will this take? All of those kind of things. If you want to dive into those specifically, you can find them in the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 217. But here are my final thoughts. Remember that these curriculum choices that we are using are just a way to give you ideas and maybe pique your interest into things you didn't know about. That's not to say all of our choices will will work beautifully for your kids. Remember that your kids are unique and you need to adapt your curriculum choices to meet your child's individual needs along with your budget, which is different than mine, and your homeschooling style that might be different than mine. So keep in mind your main goals though. No matter what child, what grade, what curriculum, your goals are having flexibility in your daily schedule probably, right? So pick curriculum that will give you that flexibility. Your main goals are probably being able to customize how you teach and how your child learns. So pick something that allows you to do that. You want to foster a love of learning with your kids. So figure out ways of homeschooling that doesn't, you know, suck the curiosity right out of them and the love of learning. And then this is my goal. And I, I'm guessing it's yours too, is you want to be their chief discipling and worldview influence. So find curriculum that allows you to be able to teach your kids the values that you find important in your home and your homeschool. And that's why we've chosen some of these resources for our fifth time through fifth grade this coming fall. So I hope this has been helpful to give you an inside peek into what we're using and why. And if you want to see much more detail about all these resources and more, go to the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 217. 
Don't forget to check out our friends at IEW and download some free, you could like use four weeks of fix a grammar this summer for free. Try it out with your kids and see if you like it, that type of thing. You can try out all their programs for free. So the summer's a great time to kind of dip into that and then you can make a choice for the fall. Remember you can find those free gifts from IEW by going to let's see, (laughs) let me get the URL correct by going to IEW.com forward slash four one more. Thanks for joining us this week. And in the meantime, happy homeschooling.